Hello, creators, and welcome to the Create and Relate podcast, where we talk about creating content and growing your influence. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to stand out from the crowd and build a community with branding. It's a heck of a subject, and a lot of people are like, oh, branding's boring. But listen to me. Standing out nowadays is very, very important. Almost every platform we choose to create content on has competition, and depending on your niche, it could be even saturated. While my recommendations to grow on any platform would be to avoid oversaturation, some competition likely means that there's some level of interest in the type of content you create outside of your current sphere of influence. And it's important to be able to stand out from the crowd so that you can get a following around your content within that niche. So I'm going to separate this podcast into two separate parts. One's going to be a little bit more scripted about how to define your brand into three very specific points. The second part's going to be my personal story about the branding of Zul'jin Gaming and how I use these three points to embody what Zul'jin Gaming is today. So to understand why people would want to consume our content, we have to figure out why we consume the content that we do or anything that we love, to be honest. Your favorite shows or the foods that you crave or the products that you want to buy or that you currently use. Ask yourself why you like them, and I think you'll find that others are attracted to them for the same reasons. This is no accident. It's just good branding on the part of the companies that produce these products, services, and the creators that produce the content that we watch. Branding is defined as the promotion of a particular product or company by means of advertising and distinctive design. So those two topics are huge. How do we use this information? Well, the first thing we have to do is define what you represent, and that's distinctive design. That's where that comes in. What do you like about the content that you create and what you're proud of? Let's think of it from a gaming standpoint. Why do you play the game that you're currently playing? Is it because that you have fun in playing it? Is it because it creates a challenge for you that you get to overcome? Is it because you excel at it competitively and that you like to show off your style? Or is it that you just like to share your experiences or share the story that you're going through? It's important to be able to know that because channeling that particular energy into what a viewer is there for will reinforce the reason why they want to come back. If it's competitive gameplay, for instance, they're turning to you to see something that they can only get from a skilled player and you're filling that demand. If it's the story that you're telling or how you consume that story, a lot of people read stories a different way. Some people are a little bit more sad when they read a sad story. Some people are relatively numb to it. Some people bawl their eyes out crying. It's the reaction that they're trying to get from you or to see how you react from that story that really floats their boat, and that's why they want to see you do it. If you're creating food, is it the most delicious? Is it the best presentation? Is it the type of ingredients you use or the method that you use to put it all together? Hobbies or crafts are completely different because they're absolutely about being passionate about doing something like creating an object from nothing or raw materials such as blacksmithing or carpentry or even taking something and manipulating it into designs like crochet or knitting or what if you're trying to spread a message or a mission like here in create and relate 
I'm trying to help people grow their influence and create content. I'd like to make sure that people know exactly what I'm trying to do with these talks. And after it's all said and done, they can get value on a particular topic around creating that content. Defining what you represent is also about finding the kind of people that you want in your circles. You know, getting together with colleagues in order to be able to do what you want to do in a collective is very important as well. Collaborations with other creators are a good example of this. People that have like-minded interest to be able to bounce topics back off of each other. The viewers that are going to consume your content, you need to figure out who those people are so that you can better cultivate the type of brand that you want. Naturally, you don't want a children-style content to market to adults. The other professionals in the industry, what type of professionals are also producing this type of content? If they've had enough influence over the type of content that you're trying to produce, a lot of people will have an idea of that's how it works because that's how they've been exposed to the system. And also thinking up your own slogan or mantra, kind of like the way that I talk about the Create and Relate podcast. We're here to talk about creating content and growing your influence. Those are the two things that you're going to get every single time you come with a podcast. I have a mission around creating content about that. And because I have that little slogan or mantra, every time you come and hear a Create and Relate podcast, you'll know that we're going to be discussing a topic that covers it. You can talk about what you believe in or take a stand on something that is up for debate or a message of positivity about something like motivation. Whatever it is, you have to know what this is and be able to communicate it effectively through every presentation around the type of content that you're trying to produce. So an example of distinctive design and what you want to represent in gaming would look like, I want to have fun playing games for your entertainment. The kind of people you want in your circles are the type of people that produce content that is about playing games for people's enjoyment. The type of viewers you want are the type of people that consume gaming content for entertainment. And the other professionals in the industry are people like you that have larger followings that are also trying to create content around gaming for entertainment purposes. So a slogan or mantra would be something around what you believe in. I believe in having fun with gaming. I believe in playing games to have fun. That's the type of message you want to bring across every time when you create a piece of content around your brand. So we talked about defining what you represent in a distinctive design. Now let's talk about displaying your brand or advertising. Yes, it's an ugly word and a lot of misuse over the years have made people cringe when they hear about advertising. How do you advertise your content? Most people think about billboards or pushy salespeople or 1-800 numbers and all of those old references are no longer valid. There's also a lot of new methods that are both invalid and cringy like posting links in YouTube comment sections of other creators or Going into Twitch streamers' chats and asking for shoutouts and follows. Displaying your brand can be everything from graphics to where your brands can be seen at, to your profiles on social media, to the platforms that you choose to create content on, and a consistent image throughout those platforms in order to solidify your distinctive design. So there's a few different ways that you can achieve this. One is going to be through social media. And social media is probably the easiest to approach 
with advertising because it allows a very non-intrusive way to post content that people can look at at their leisure. There are discoverability algorithms in place on some social media platforms that allow you to be discovered when people search for the type of content that you produce. An example of this is taking pictures of cakes. Because you create cakes, you can take pictures of those cakes, and posting pictures of those cakes on Instagram may get seen by people that are looking for pictures of cakes. It's really that simple. And the discoverability algorithms that are involved on each of these social media platforms should probably be discussed in other podcasts. So we're just going to leave that as social media branding and discoverability from social media is a great form of advertising. You also need to think about platform distribution as far as where your content gets consumed and how it gets consumed. There are some design elements for your branding and advertising that are going to carry over from platform to platform, such as a logo. You'll be able to use the logo on any social media as well as Twitch or YouTube or Mixer. But there are certain things that you'll need to focus on, like for YouTube, you'll need thumbnails. If you're creating podcasts, you won't need thumbnails. How are these thumbnails going to look? How will people know that these thumbnails are for you? A Twitch stream, you'll need banners and graphics for your information setting and maybe even emotes and badges that you could use for your community. Planning how this is going to look so you can stay consistent from platform to platform is going to be very important for advertising. Now keep in mind that to display your brand effectively and get more effective advertising, you'll need to have good quality elements such as professional looking graphics and well-organized layouts. Not all of us are artists, so some of these things may need to be drawn or designed by hand. I've always been a fan of home-brewed creation, so creating my own graphics by the use of watching tutorials learning how to use the software to create these graphics and producing them that way. Although there are very, very reasonably priced services that you can find like Fiverr or even trading services online. If you know how to edit videos well and you know someone that needs videos edited but that also knows how to draw, maybe you can trade. Maybe they can do a logo for you and you can edit the speed art of them producing that logo for you. It's as easy as just reaching out on social media and seeing who's out there and what you're capable of finding. So we talked about defining what you represent through a distinctive design. We talked about displaying your brand through advertising. Now it's time to talk about being your brand. How do you establish that mark that everyone sees every single time they get your content in front of them? This is the type of thing that people will talk about when you ask, who is this or what are they about? These are the type of things that will stand out. Being your brand is essentially being your hyperbolic self. Whatever you're trying to display, you want to display that in a way that is bold and pronounced. These can even be somewhat repetitive, like saying what's happening to everybody you greet or using stuff and things to explain everything that you're doing, like my good friend Slipgator. Your hyperbolic self is the representation of what people remember you by over and over and over to create an image. Becoming known for your hyperbolic self and possibly some catchphrases are the type of things that are going to leave memories in people's heads for a long time about you. 
you're also going to bring around a little bit of rejection. And how you accept that is going to determine how well you stick to your branding. You can't please everyone. And trying to please everyone is probably going to make you make decisions that aren't well thought out and are reactionary. If you've defined what you represent in a distinctive design and you displayed your branding through advertising, you have to become your brand and stick to your guns. So now we're going to look at a little bit more casual version of the podcast, and that's going to be telling you about my story and the way that these points kind of rolled into it. So defining what I represent and my distinctive design happened by accident. What I saw about the content that I wanted to produce was the fact that all of these people that were playing games on YouTube at the time had friends. They had people that were interested in games. They had people that were talking to them about the games that they were playing in the comments section. And they had communities and other people that they would play games with around all of this excitement. And the first one was Minecraft. That's where I started my channel with. But honestly, the type of content that I consumed before that was speedruns. Now, this is what's strange about it. Watching old speedruns of games didn't have anything to do with the type of Minecraft content that I was watching. But at the time, gaming content wasn't extremely popular on any medium. But YouTube was where most of it was. I was the kind of guy that didn't have a whole lot of friends to talk to about gaming. A lot of my friends were getting into everything else that comes with growing up. You know, you get excited about jobs or college or, you know, uh, relationships that you're in. And I wasn't concerned with all that. I just wanted to play video games. So watching the video game content was so easy for me. I'd get on and search for one of the old games that I never could beat. And I would watch people do it fast and use glitches. And it was really, really entertaining to me just to be able to watch content about gaming. And then I found a channel by the name of Quickshot14 that did Minecraft. Now, this is where the story takes a dark turn. Quickshot14 ended up going to prison after a little while due to doing some inappropriate stuff with a miner. And while that's terrible what happened, he, in my opinion, was a very interesting creator. He had a very unique spin on the type of content that he did in Minecraft where he was extremely informative and he was very personal with his audience. And I found that being that personal to his audience was kind of like being personal toward me. I didn't see it as other people that he was talking to. I saw it like he was talking to me. So when he was explaining stuff about a build, he was explaining it to me. And it just resonated very well with me. He didn't do anything fast like the speedruns, but... The personality that he had was so much more interesting to me than the speedruns were because the speedruns were just generic versions with no commentary of games being played fast. And while that was very interesting to me, this new thing took a whole different shape to me in my mind. I started seeing that he was happy doing what he did and he was responding to comments around what he did, and I wanted a piece of that. I didn't even think about that time how YouTube could be used for making money or growing an audience or anything like that. I simply saw it for what it was, sharing gaming content with friends. And I think that's really, really important when you go into your branding is 
what it really means to you. What kind of people do you want in your circles? The type of other professionals in the industry that are also creating this content. And he didn't really have any slogans, but there were certain things that he did and certain things that he said that gave me a little bit of an idea of who Quickshot was. One of the things he did was he named all of his projects in Minecraft. He named them and gave them stories and told these stories every time he talked about these things. And it gave him a whole lot of personality. So naturally, when I started creating Minecraft videos, I wanted to name everything. I wanted to give everything a little story. And speaking of story, because Minecraft doesn't really have a story or didn't really have a story at the time, I needed to create my own. And because I was so in a hurry to start building things in Minecraft... I used a lot of cobblestone. So, going through the motions, I ended up changing the title of my series from Let's Play Minecraft with Zul'jin to The Cobblestone Chronicles. And that's kind of how I started branding myself. I started talking about and making up reasons why I liked cobblestone so much. And how functional it was, and almost everything I did for a long time in Minecraft revolved around cobblestone. Heck, I even had a community event that I called CobbleCon, which was like a public server event where I invited a bunch of people on to my server where we played Minecraft together. My intro was a spinning block of cobblestone. I just gave this cobblestone life, and while it wasn't extremely effective in marketing, it did a lot of good with how I understood marketing and what people really, really gravitated toward. So displaying my brand was a little bit different because Cobblestone Chronicles was a series of a game on my channel, but who was I? Well, I was Zul'jin. I was the guy that started playing games on the internet just like a million other ones. How was I going to stand out? Well, I knew two things about identity online. One was that you couldn't have a name that anybody else had. And number two, that it had to be searchable if people was going to find my content. So I ended up calling myself after a very old character that I had in Diablo 2. When I was playing Diablo 2, I always thought the name Zul was cool. And I had used it a bunch of times before that in different games. Z-U-U-L. Well, Z-U-U-L was taken. And so was Z-U-L-E. And so was Z-U-E-L. But Z-U-E-L was only the first part of it. What if I would make it different? What if I would add something to it? And my character was a barbarian that I was trying to make a name of. And the barbarian's pants looked kind of like genie pants. So I ended up calling him Zul'jin, spelled Z-U-E-L-D-J-I-N-N. -N. And it kind of stuck. So when it was time to create something on YouTube that was a different personality, I ended up taking the D out of it because it worked better with just the J. And it was kind of a play on words because I was a Cajun. So Zul'jin, Cajun, Zul, you know, it all kind of worked into one. So it wasn't an exact science, but when I searched it, the only similarities to that name were a troll on World of Warcraft. And I was like, well, that's a name. It's related to gaming. It's spelled a different, and it even has an apostrophe in it. So I'm going to go with this. So Zul'jin was born, and it later turned into Zul'jin Gaming once I got over my Minecraft addiction. 
My platform distribution at that time was only YouTube and a little bit on social media. And I didn't know about avatars. I didn't know any artist, and I sure couldn't draw myself. So I decided just to use a Z. I got a little bit of following after a little while, and I ended up finding a few people that wanted to do art for me. And a guy named Fulltone, which went into art and graphic design, ended up making a little bit of a logo for me. And I stuck with that and had some renditions that changed throughout time, but it was always that Z on a circle, and it was primarily a blue background with a white letter, and it worked so very well for a lot of my branding for a long time. As far as being my brand, that didn't come easy at all to me. My first hundred videos, you could look at them online today, and they are quite possibly some of the worst things on the internet. <laughs> I didn't have any personality at all. I was very quiet I didn't have any enthusiasm, I didn't project my voice well, and it was almost like I was thinking to myself, and my mouth was kind of just verbalizing some of the things that I thought. I didn't have any catchphrases or anything like that. I really didn't have any online personality. In fact, if you would have watched my videos and did not catch the similarities in my voice, you would say that the guy that you're listening to today wasn't that person at all, and that was just because I didn't know how to project that personality that I have, that I've always had, into the microphone and onto video. A little while later through the journey, I ended up finding ARC, and ARC Survival Evolved, and a lot of those creative patterns had kind of formed around who Zul'jin was. I was starting to get a little bit better at projecting my voice and personality, and a lot of that came to light when I was doing collaborative projects with people. I was able to act like myself because I wasn't trying to construct these informative speeches about what I was doing on camera. I was kind of bouncing ideas and commentary off of a co-host or a collaborator. I started to grow a lot at this point because I was learning how to use metadata and getting recognized with search and suggested videos on YouTube, and ARC was really popular, and a lot of the large channels had stopped playing ARC at that time. So it left the gate open for my friends and I to really, really grow. And naturally, when we started to grow and started to want to produce more of these videos, we all had our own deadlines. So when I was forced to create video without a collaboration, that personality would shift, and I couldn't really have that. I started to notice that I was a lot. I started to notice that I was a lot more boring on my solo episodes versus my collaborative episodes, and it wasn't only because of these extra personalities in my video. It was the lack of personality on my own part. So I decided to start branding actively making decisions about doing and saying things that gave my personality a life of its own. Most of it was through some of the interactions that my friends had shared with me that they thought were funny or entertaining or how commenters would respond. My community, how they would tell me what they liked in my videos and what they didn't like in my videos. And I started to shape things. I'm from the South and we use a lot of slang here and one of the things that people say around here was what's happening, but in slang, and they'd kind of dirty it up, it was what's happening. 
And I wasn't the only person to say it like this. Plenty of people still around me say it like this today. But because it kind of became something on my channel that resonated with a bunch of the people that I collaborated with, as well as my viewers, I ended up making it a thing. Today on Twitch, I use it as a regular greeting, and it's even one of my emotes that a lot of people greet each other with in my chat. I took the Z from my logo and posted it everywhere. I call my community the Z Squad, and uh, when I raid people, I say Z Raid. I call my emotes Zmotes. And anytime that I'm spelling something with a Z, I always use my logo in its place. So the branding starts to get recognized after a little while, and it becomes effective for me, and it also helps me to identify it. Circling back around to defining what I represent, at this time, I never really had a message. I was still playing games just to have fun and share it with people. And naturally, as the whole thing around Zuljin Gaming developed... I started to really realize what I wanted my content about. There's a lot of video styles and stream styles that I could have chosen, but my style was this Let's Play format. I liked showing people what I was doing and explaining the process behind it and having fun and sharing that for entertainment. And that's what I fell in love with when I was on the platform watching content, still consuming content, before I started creating it, I was watching people share their experiences of having fun. I was watching Quickshot14 talk about his builds and why that was fun for him, and that resonated very well with me. So I hope you could use my stories in this branding talk to kind of define your own brand and really make your content yours. I encourage you to think about what your takeaways were from the podcast and write them down, keep some notes, and really try to use those in an effective way in order to solidify the branding around your content. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can catch these episodes weekly or come and watch them live when I do them on twitch.tv slash I also provide more specialized coaching that you can find more about on patreon.com slash I want to thank you so much for joining me today and I look forward to seeing you in the next Create and Relate podcast.